0: Hi there, and welcome to the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. In this podcast, we share all things Nordic and natural, such as Nordic skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry, and unheard behind-the-scenes stories. I am Sato Makinen, the founder of the Nordic Natural Beauty Awards, and I will be your host in diving into these topics. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you won't miss the coming episodes. All right, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. Today, I'll be chatting with Kudrun Martensdottir. She is a professor at the University of Iceland, and she's also the founder of Taramar, an award-winning Icelandic skincare brand. Together with her husband, who is also a professor, actually, that of food science and nutrition, they initiated Taramar in an effort to channel their long-term research and experience in food science and marine biology. Into pure and natural solutions in skincare. Taramar has received 24 international awards for quality and innovation, including also two prizes in the Nordic Natural Beauty Awards 2021. So last year, they won the best eye care product of the year as well as the best deep hydration product of the year. In this episode, we'll dive into the world of Icelandic nature, ingredients, and skincare development. And since Runa is quite an expert on this topic, I will let her share her insights with you guys. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. I'm so happy to have this talk with you and I'm so happy you could make the time to, to join the podcast. Maybe we could start with you, first of all, if you would like to share a little bit about your background and who you are, first of all, and where did your journey start from?
1: Okay, Sato. Thank you. Thank you very much for you know, inviting me. Okay, so my background is... Um, I'm a biologist uh, and I'm from Iceland. And uh, I went to US for my graduate studies and I studied uh, fish dynamics, reproduction and ocean dynamics. So when I came back home in uh, 1980, I got a job at the Marine Research Institute. And I worked there for twelve years, uh, doing uh, fish assessment and uh, and uh, a lot of research into reproduction of fish and uh, uh, actually lots of very interesting things. I published uh, nearly one hundred papers in peer reviewed paper on on fish and marine ecology. So uh, this, then I know, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a background for a, for a cosmetic person. But, and, uh, and it's a little bit funny how, how I got involved with the cosmetics. It's, uh, I've always had this uh, artistic need, so I've always done lots of painting. I have every possible artistic uh, supply in my house, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i always had lots of hobbies, and I go deeply into the hobby, each one, and then, you know, maybe I don't revisit it for many years and uh, so there were a little bit, lots of things that happened at the same time. This is back in 2010 and uh, uh, first of all I got sick. I got uh, hit by a tick and I got Lyme, and I actually got really sick and uh, for a while I thought I was actually not going to survive it. uh, But I've always been a little bit spiritually minded so uh, I felt that okay, I have to figure out how to survive this and uh, I thought I have to find something that is so pleasant that it makes me kind of forget that I'm sick And, um, and at the same time, due to the Lyme, it affected my skin in a horrible way. I had serious skin problems. And uh, so, at the same time, I was starting to read on the back, on the ingredient list of uh, skin products, uh, looking for a solution to to my skin. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I have this scientific background, even though I'm not a chemist, uh, I could tell right away that there were some really weird things going on. And I saw chemicals there on the list that I actually was using to kill fish and fix them, you know? like
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and I was like, what are these people serious? They want, that, want you to put this on your skin. No wonder, you know, people are having problems. So, uh, but at the, also at the same time, I was a lot in on cruises. I was uh, leading research cruises on vessels. on the ocean around Iceland and uh, when you're at sea you know it's like a little bit like being in a prison you know time becomes uh, abstract you know and you have lots of time to talk about all kinds of things and uh, talking to the fishermen and also the the people working on the ships uh, often ended in discussions on you know how are we utilizing the ocean pressures? You know, what more could we do? What kind of chemicals are there? And they were telling me all kinds of stories of how they utilize seaweed and how they were utilizing all kinds of fat from fish and deep fish, deep water fishes. And it was very interesting. So somehow in 2010, this all kind of broiled together and, uh, and this became, one more hobby in a long list of hobbies, to try to create a skincare that is absolutely pure. I set a like, few basic rules. I, it has to be edible. Uh, it has to be tolerated by my skin. It has to contain something from the ocean, preferably plants or, or plankton, plant, plankton. And it has to be something new. It has to involve research because uh, I was uh, fairly good in getting research grants. I, I got lots of money into the fish research. So I figured I would try to do the same with the with the skincare, and, um, and then I started and, and I started hitting all kinds of walls. My first wall was that uh, I actually meant to apply for a grant. And I got a reply and said, hey, good or no? we know you're pretty good in fisheries, but uh, why do you think you're so good in cosmetics? <laughs> 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 and uh, that was fair, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, so that actually created a, a very funny spinoff. It's, uh, so I started looking around to say, okay, I have to find someone who has a background and then can, t- I can t- join me and, and we do this together. And uh, and guess who I found? It was the person sitting every Sunday morning across in, <laughs> from me in the living room, it was my husband. And uh, we had then been married uh, 33 years. And uh, of course I knew kind of what he was doing, but I had never been interested in it. You know, he was doing, he was uh, or is a professor in food and nutrition. And, but I was professor in uh, fisheries and in the environmental department and I always thought food and nutrition was you know a little bit lower level than what we the real scientists <laughs> 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 were working on. But then uh, I started you know thinking maybe he has the background that I need to, to haul uh, in those research grants, and so I started really looking at what they were doing and I have to admit it was both very impressive and quite interesting. So what they were doing was to work with all kinds of superfood and bioactives in uh, in food like uh, omega-3, omega-7, chitin, and uh, they were developing delivery systems that would take uh, bioactives and nutrition directly into the right places in in the body. And, uh, and they were using all kinds of very interesting techniques. And he was working with people all over the world and and some very actually famous people in, in this uh, field. And he himself actually, incidentally, is very famous. He has uh, uh, 13 textbooks out there that uh, have been read hundreds of thousands of times by all students in food science in the world. Oh, wow. This. Uh, You know, this uh, little action by the funding, you know, operation created an amazing joint collaboration between uh, our research groups and we started applying for grants for his students to uh, basically transfer the know-how from the food science into the cosmetics and we are still doing that. It's uh, we are digging far, far back in research outputs and and saying, okay, this did this to this uh, chemical. How, what will it do in the in the skincare? Quite quite interesting and very fruitful collaboration.
0: Mm, and that's really where your science, let's say, was born. Or, yeah. or so. Would you like to talk a little bit deeper about the science itself and the production of tarama in general? Because you have very very specific things you do.
1: Yeah. Let me tell you first a really funny story about the (laughs) see? Sure. uh, So for a whole year, I have been working with bladderwrack, you know, and the reason why I selected it's a focus species. And uh, it's very, um, you know, high up in the intertidal zone. Uh, The reason why I selected it was that uh, it already had scientific publications on the bioactivity. So for a whole year, I'm, you know, working with this seaweed and I was never happy and no one around me was happy with what I was doing. <laughs> they didn't like the smell. They didn't like the cream. They didn't just like it. I didn't like it either. And uh, after nearly a year, I mean, this is still a hobby. So I'm just doing it in the evenings and the weekends. And uh, and after a year, I said, this is it. I, I'm, I'm stopped working with this. I want to, I always felt that, and the cream was so harsh, you know, and I didn't really want to put it on my skin. So I said, I'm gonna find a seaweed that is lower in the tidal zone and it's really soft. And, uh, and I imagine, you know, it w- is below the tidal zone so that it's not fighting those, um, you know, contrasted in high tide and low tide, and all this aggravation of being there in the title zone. So I selected two species from below and uh, in one week I made the cream that everybody loved and it was huge difference into the cream, just this single, you know, change. Uh, And the best example is that I always used to bring creams to my daughter who is now uh, uh, she is about thirty-five years old, and uh, and I could tell, you know, she wasn't using them. I always saw them in the trash can or in the in the bathroom. <laughs> and this week, when I changed the seaweed and I brought her cream, I saw it a week later on her shelf. She was actually using it, and then I knew I got it. I got it. She is using it.
0: <laughs> exactly, I found something that the others didn't. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it's often little things uh, that uh, make a huge, important, you know, effect into these formula. But anyhow, so uh, in the research, the first thing we did, and this was our first grant, was to use uh, live cell models to understand what the algae or seaweed extracts were doing to live cells. And we sent a student to Italy, where she learned how to uh, Uh, keep live cells, you know, uh, alive and how to administer, you know, chemicals into their environment and see uh, what the live cells are, you know, doing with it, if they are actually absorbing the chemicals or if they are not. And uh, this is a technique that is used a lot in cancer research. Uh, I haven't seen it used much in in the cosmetics. But anyhow, we learned a lot from this. One thing we learned was that the, uh, the cells actually did uh, absorb some of the compounds from the seaweed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And these compounds stimulated that pathway inside the cells that led to less inflammation. So, uh, so the seaweed is like a stimulator for beneficial you know, processes inside the, inside the cells. But what we learned also is that there were, you know, several compounds that were not absorbed and we learned from both our studies and other studies is that there are lots of chemicals like collagen, vitamin C, uh, Q10, you know, many, you know, like bioactives that are big. The molecules are very big and they cannot be uh, transferred over the skin. Mm. So uh, this uh, took us into uh, my husband's research on the delivery systems. And uh, it was fascinating to see, we had suddenly 20 years of outputs in delivery system and really sophisticated delivery systems for food that we could then incorporate into our skincare to bring these uh, chemicals into the skin, deeper into the skin. And, uh, this is a game changer. It's uh, first of all the delivery systems are totally natural; they are made from, uh, for example, phospholipids, which also coat all living cells. So we are using what the cells already have to kind of open up pathways for the uh, bioactives into the cells. Mm-hmm. And uh, and. Uh, we, you can tell, for example, with a day treatment, we have a, a delivery, a liposomal delivery system with Q10. And Q10 is a coenzyme that uh, stimulates the energy productions in the cells. And uh, what, first, when you use it, uh, many people see their skin gets a little bit red in the first days. And this is especially true if the like when our skin ages it starts to get dull and asleep and a little, the cells are clogged especially if you been using lots of makeup and heavy chemicals on the skin the cells are a little bit asleep so what and this is the purpose of our day cream is to basically come in there and shake them up stimulate them push them to start working in a proper way again and you can tell you know it's like uh, (laughs) the skin is uh, you know restarting a little bit but it's all happening all in a very mild way it's not like uh, and i actually think it's always happening i have used the day treatment for now five nearly six years and i still can tell how it's helping my helping my skin Mm Uh, so, our next research uh, was on uh, the antioxidants themselves and uh, what the other chemicals uh, or compounds the see if it had, and, uh, and it's powerful. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know if people know what the antioxidation is, for example, an example is when we drink green tea or red wine, we are looking, you know, seeking for the antioxidants. And um, the fact is that uh, uh, free radicals. Uh, we have free radicals. We or even create ourselves free radicals. And free radicals are uh, molecules that are unstable. They are missing electrons in the outer sphere. But uh, antioxidants, like the compounds from the seaweed, have extra, you know, electrons. So they can actually deliver. Uh, electrons into the system without hurting themselves. At the same time, they kind of nullify the, the free, free radicals. So, this is what these antioxidant chemicals are doing in, in all of these superfood, And in CBD, they, are, they are especially uh, powerful in, in doing this. And this is one of the main uh, causes for aging it's uh, the oxidation of the skin. The free radicals are really, you know, pulling up holes in the in the membranes of the skin cells and and gradually wearing them them down. We uh, both have, of course, lots of laboratory uh, research, you know results that give us an idea how strong antioxidants we have, but that is not the same as when it's on the skin. What it does then, but. So we sent a few of our uh, products to, to France, to DernScan in France and uh, so it had to be an independent you know uh, evaluation company that took our products and uh, tested them on, uh, on people. And, uh, and I can easily tell you that uh, first time we did it I was a little bit worried maybe they come back and they haven't done anything you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not possible to measure what these products are doing, but uh, quite on the contrary, it's uh, the results were amazing. It's uh, it's uh, they were doing a lots of things, and they were able to measure, you know, uh, the elasticity of the skin, the radiant illumination of the skin, the hydration of the skin, and the evenness, uh, and they have techniques to measure the wrinkles how deep they are and so the products were really performing
0: the way we wanted them to do yeah that's amazing and seaweed is obviously one of the main ingredients that you use in your products but i know you use also some very interesting other ingredients would you like to share a little bit more about those ones and for example how they can be beneficial for the product user
1: yeah yeah seaweed is in uh, many of the products but not all of them but uh, in all of them also we have a medicinal plants, so uh, we joined up with organic farmers here in Iceland and uh, we are using uh, herbs that are historically known to be very beneficial for, for skin. Uh, calendula, of course, and Viola and Angelica and Lemongrass and uh, oh, Plant Tag. I think the English name is plantag in it so uh, all of these uh, are also extremely powerful the effects are often similar but the viola is uh, especially good to uh, uh, protect the skin from losing hydration and also to increase the hydration in the skin the calendula is uh, it uh, has a lower inflammation and also kind of softening effects on the on the cells and uh, you can feel how the skin becomes uh, Uh, more elastic and somehow more content, stronger in some ways. Uh, There are lots of studies on on these plants in terms of skin. At the same time, there's one thing that we are doing in Taramar that I think is a little bit unusual. You know, all of these components are like strong characters. You have a seed and it has a compound that really has a function and it has a strong effects into the formula. And then you take another herb that also is a strong character and you start blending these things together. I don't know, you often see like uh, lots of compounds in a single formula, maybe even sometimes over 100 compounds, often over 50 or 40 compounds. I always experienced that, uh, and this was one reason I couldn't really use these uh, product is that there's no balance in the formula. And and I somehow feel it, you know. uh, I have a little bit sense and many people have sense to sense vibrations. And I sometimes felt that I was holding a battleship in my hand. You know, there's so much tension in the formula. And uh, I actually spent lots of time on this uh, kind of trying to figure out on the chemical and physical level what was happening. And uh, the outcome is this, uh, we actually are working now with the natural frequencies of the compounds and we are puzzling them together so that they don't override the others. So instead of actually start fighting in the formula, they start to work together in synergy. The only way to get this is to have very few compounds. As soon as you, like, are about 25 chemicals in the formula, you start to lose this. And preferably, you shouldn't have more than five or seven, like, actually functionally active compounds in the formula. I'm not sure how they think this because um, I also wonder often, I mean, now I know how to compose formulas and I haven't thought about much else in many, many years. And uh, in a formula like a cream, you often have water, which can be maybe from 30, even up to 60% is the water. So what you have left is uh, 40 to maybe 70%. And then you have 100 compounds and you have to divide them among those 30 or 70%. So you end up with very little space for each one. But for bioactives, you often need 3 to 10% of the compound to make it really work so i think maybe you may be seeing formulas that have lots of names to them and even have the chemicals in there but they are not able to perform i mean they're not doing their job as they should
0: Mm -hmm. and you obviously have very high percentages of all the main active ingredients in the product so
1: yeah but you, you have to be careful not to go too high i mean even for natural compounds so they can become too strong mm,
0: especially essential oils and these kind of things used lately they are very minimal what you can use within a product so yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah. well if we talk a little bit about products would you like to go through a little bit all your products that you make you have quite many so
1: yeah okay <laughs> the idea with the tarama is that it's a holistic thing is that um, you uh, take a product you start with a product and you add another product and you're always uh, filling up gaps of what you need. uh, There's not uh, a real overlap between products. So the day treatment is the the ground product. That is the first product that uh, you should use and uh, the purpose of it is to stimulate the cells and push them to work in a very healthy way. So in a a way you are also making the skin ready for the other products. The next product is the serum. It has, um, and I didn't tell you that, we also are using peptides and uh, coenzymes and uh, we don't produce the peptides ourselves, but we have spent lots of time selecting what we think are very pure and good peptides. And the serum uh, has a peptide that uh, has amazing work on the collagen fibers. It's uh, basically, uh, and this is researched and published, that they uh, um, kind of load small protein uh, parts around the fibers and uh, strengthen them out so that uh, you actually can see the results, uh, the first results in only a few days that you're seeing few, the fine lines uh, getting shallow and even disappear. And, uh, but at the same time, we have the seaweed in there, and the seaweed we are using there uh, has the ability to inhabit the breakdown of collagen in the skin. So the serum is a real collagen booster. And, uh, and helps not only with uh, lessening the wrinkles but also making the skin stronger and more content. Then uh, we did the night treatment. And the night treatment is uh, it's fascinating what is happening during the night with the skin. This is, this is the busy hour for the skin where all the uh, reinvigoration, the repairing and uh, releasing the uh, all the toxic chemicals that I have loaded up, the detoxification. The working hours are like from uh, one o'clock in the morning into four o'clock, five o'clock. So when I set the night treatment together, I wanted uh, the natural compounds to assist the skin in uh, doing this. But also what happens when so much work is going on in the skin is that it tends to lose hydration, and it has been shown that uh, people can wake up in the morning with a drier skin than when they went to sleep. So in the night treatment, uh, the aim is to assist with the hydration, uh, stop the hydration loss, or at least uh, slow it down, and uh, but also work on the collagen, assist the skin in rebuilding what it's rebuilding. And also assist in the detoxification.
0: Yeah, and this is something I think the Nordic Natural Beauty Awards jury saw as well because you won prizes last year with this one. So congratulations once again.
1: Yeah, it's um, in the night treatment. We are using seaweed, herbs, and uh, plankton. And the plankton, uh, it's an interesting thing. It has a compound that uh, it's from the ocean around the North Pole. I mean, not the North Pole, but North in the, in the Atlantic. And it has a compound that helps the plant cells uh, to stay unfrozen. It's a little bit like a liquid you use on, on your car. That I can't remember the English name for it, but uh, it's of course not the same. It's a natural compound that assists the live organisms to uh, not stay, you know, without freezing in such cold water. And uh, we experience it's doing a little bit similar thing. The night treatment is now used by lots of Icelanders during the day, especially in the winter.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, obviously, with the wind.
1: And uh, then the next product that came on was the eye treatment. And uh, there we are using herbs and extract that actually uh, work with the fine uh, skin foldings, like about the eyes. And uh, the outcome is uh, quite startling. It's in uh, fairly, I mean, maybe in a few weeks, you will start to see the, the skin foldings are getting tighter and, and shrink uh, even so that people who were thinking of operation uh, have delayed the operation and are using the eye treatment instead. But also uh, to nurture and fill in the, this delicate area around the eyes.
0: Yeah, and this was also another winner in the in the Nordic Natural Beauty Awards 21. So yeah, you've been creating very amazing products.
1: Yeah, yeah. There are several other products. Uh, we have the Arctic Flower Treatment. There we are using flowers from three Arctic herbs to uh, target the lip lines. Many women, maybe nearly all of them, <laughs> when they get older, they start to get lines on the upper lip, and this serum is uh, designed to target that. It has an extremely strong uh, hydration assisting hydration component. So that is one of the things that it's doing just kind of filling in the skin so the lines become less obvious. And uh, of course you uh, also a collagen uh, wash with the collagen. So you can use it wherever you want on the facial skin, but it's, uh, it's meant for the, for the lip area.
0: So many products, interesting. And I'm sure you're always having ideas of new ones perhaps as well.
1: Yeah, lots of ideas. And uh, <laughs> if I didn't have to spend so much time on marketing. <laughs> 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 I mean, although I love marketing and it's like a vitamin C for me. You know, when you get older, you have to do some new things. And this was definitely new for me. And, uh, and the whole business idea, I, I really love it. And, uh, but at the same time, it slows down the development and the ideas keep coming and, and the output from the research keep coming and we are not uh, up to speed on using all of that. So uh, when we manage to finance the company properly, then, uh, then we can hire more people into marketing.
0: <laughs> exactly. When you grow, then things, things start to happen in all fields and you can also focus on the development side perhaps more yeah yeah yeah. and since we're talking about business would you like to share a little bit about your thoughts about the beauty industry you see around in Iceland perhaps how is it and how have people taken you there and how the world has taken you
1: yeah yeah so uh, we went on the Icelandic market actually in late 2015 and uh, and for the first two years into 2017 we were just increasing our presence on that market. Uh, at that time we met investors that uh, were planning to come in and, and distribute us. That took nearly two and a half, three years basically to play out and uh, in the end uh, there wasn't agreement on uh, where, direction of where to go and how to do it. So uh, it delayed us a little bit basically two and a half years later, we were back on the Icelandic market. That has been quite successful. We have been growing for, for two years. Uh, one of our channel to the market is a Pure Skincare Club, where when you become a member, you um, get more information about the company and you can access to uh, products that are being developed. And you can grow from uh, different levels, from bronze, silver, gold, into Platinum in the, in the club, and uh, at each uh, step you get a higher and higher discount on our products. So uh, we have nearly uh, more than 4,000 people now in the, in the club, and this is uh, in a way our main channel to the market as it is. Uh, what we are doing now is that uh, we've set up a website uh, in England, taramar.co.uk, for six months, we did a Facebook experiment where we boosted uh, posts uh, into different parts of the world. Interestingly, uh, what came out was uh, Scandinavia was uh, had a very good response, and Canada, and Brazil, which I think is because of one of our football players, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and then England had a, had a very strong response. So we selected England because it's English speaking, and so it's easy for us to talk to the customers, and also it's a short flying distance from from Iceland.
0: Yeah, geographically makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we are now working with a uh, with a company in England, which is a marketing company, and and we are preparing our launch there that will. Uh, maybe happen this summer, really. that is
0: the plan, but uh, it will also depend on finances. Mm. Um, amazing to hear when things are growing internationally as well. And, and so would you like to share a little bit about your thoughts about the beauty industry in a way that you come from obviously different background and like your husband as well? What do you think about beauty industry in general, what's happening and where it's moving towards more natural or
1: yeah, yeah, it's very pleasant to see. So I started looking at the ingredients in two thousand five, and so there have been lots of changes. Although I mean, you still see some nasty stuff out there, but you see lots of new brands that are coming in with uh, with much pure formula and uh, lots of innovation. To, and of course, there's enormously lot going on in this industry. Uh, one. A story that I can tell you is that we always went to the Conference of Cosmetic Chemists in U.S. The first three times that we went, you know, uh, there were interesting uh, speakers and interesting topics, but they were all chemically related. We used to laugh, there was one like talk on green cosmetics, but we thought it didn't really sound green <laughs> to us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but then suddenly, this was the year before COVID, we were in uh, New York on, on the conference and all of the speakers were from food science. We were just, at my husband was saying, whoa, this is uh, just sitting here listening to my own lectures, you know. So the whole industry is taking 180 degrees very rapidly so we were listening to you know speakers on olive oil and uh, you know it was totally different to what it had been
0: that's crazy that it's it changed so fast yeah
1: yeah the industry is really responding what is so pleasant about this is that it's the consumers it's the people themselves that force the industry into this like when uh, paraben was uh, taken out It was not the companies themselves that said, oh, this is an ugly chemical, let's not use it. It was the consumers that said, that's it. We are not using products with this chemical. Exactly. So that is, that is so powerful that people, you know, having more access to information through the social media and everywhere, uh, make their own decisions. You know, that's it. I'm not using stuff like that.
0: Exactly. And all this ecological and sustainable movement as well. Yeah. It's probably helping a lot. So,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: How is your production? What comes to sustainability?
1: Yeah, so our production is one hundred percent sustainable. Most of our herbs are grown. Uh, We take one or two, like the yarrow, is uh, wild grown, but in an organically certified land, and uh, and we are very conscious of uh, you know how we collect the plants. The seaweed is collected by hands. This is another really pleasant experience in in all this, was to meet those people, the suppliers, the organic farmers and uh, and the person who uh, harvests the seaweed for us. His name is Simon. He collects seaweed on the west coast of Iceland. And he actually, it was a side project. He was uh, working with Blue mussel. And he was setting out lines for the blue mussel to grow on, but the lines get filled with seaweed. So he started asking out, can someone use the seaweed? <laughs> so the seaweed we are using is um, actually hand picked and it's hand treated all the way. It's a, it's a very uh, delicate process in, uh, you take the seaweed, then you merge it in fresh water uh, on land and you then uh, and to polish every leaf, because you have to take, you know, if there can be any animals anywhere, and have to take every leaf and stroke it, you know, with your fingers and make sure everything is clean and, and ready. So uh, this is so different from uh, the big factory uh, seaweed. We also have that in Iceland, too. and uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk badly about anyone, but the process is uh, so rudimentary diff- different where they just go and cut everything down and, and then it's all, you know, right, then, uh, you know, it. yeah, I mean, there can easily be all kinds of remains of uh, invertebrates in the seaweed mix.
0: Yeah, this is perhaps something that you were saying about the feeling or the energies of the product as well, that if your method is really gentle and, and the way that you describe, then, of course, that changes the output as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it all ties together. I mean, these people are on a mission. They are nature, you know, people. They love nature and they are not doing this to <laughs> become rich, although I wish they would become rich. Is they just love to be out there in nature and, and be part of it. So we actually have a saying that uh, we work with nature, not against it. Uh, uh, of course, we'll never use, uh, like, a GMO or or anything that is not sustainably harvested and uh, absolutely safe for nature. Same with our factory is that one of our biggest challenges in all of this was to clean up the formulas. I mean, uh, like the typical skincare formula that has preservatives and all kinds of hormone-destructing chemicals. Biggest challenge was to replace this with uh, natural compounds that were safe, And uh, this took actually uh, three, nearly four years. We got an idea. This was like one of the topics I was thinking day and night. I woke up in the morning. I was thinking, you know, in the evening, you know, how to solve this. We had got a formula that had uh, potassium sorbate, and I think one other but I wasn't happy with it. I really wanted to get all the synthetic chemicals out of there. And we made the invention. We took the production into... uh, It's like a hurdle business where we selected the seaweed, the the herbs, the essential oils, uh, so that each one is uh, uh, working against the bacteria and the fungi. And then we invented the physical step in the technical step in the production when that happened our production changed into a totally different process than all skincare is made so our factory is uh, different the whole process is uh, very different it's more similar to a food production than to a skincare production and what it meant at the same time is that we didn't use any harsh chemicals and uh, definitely no poisons in the factory I don't know if uh, people realize that that um, a large uh, skincare producing factory uh, can be quite a dirty business. You have to use very strong chemicals to clean the machines and uh, and clean the factory. And I remember once uh, there came a person from the US that had been in the cosmetic industry for many, many years and he came to visit us and he was working around our production floor and then suddenly he said, and then, what, do you have to spray all this with pesticides, both morning and night? And we were like, what, are you kidding me? <laughs> of course we don't, maybe, I mean, it helps to be in Iceland and, I mean, we would never let any poison inside the door of our factory. So we say that technically you can drink the runoff from our factory, although I mean I wouldn't do it, I mean of course the pipes may not be that nice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the taste might not be the best in, in skincare products, but basically if we're talking about natural products, it should be at the level of food in the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Nice thoughts. Um, before I forget, let's talk a little bit about where people can find your products and buy your products, and where can they can follow you. You talked a little bit about the club already, but
1: yeah. So uh, if you are outside Iceland, then uh, taramar.com uh, is probably the website that you would, you can find all our products there. Uh, we have more information on the products on tar- on the British website taramar. .co.uk. I mean, if you're not in England, then it's easier to buy the products on taramar.com. And then we are in several retail uh, locations. We are, of course, on Instagram. Our large Instagram page is Beauty, And we also have a smaller Icelandic Instagram page.
0: Yeah, of course. And it's also easy to reach you through to DM or anything like this. And I will link all the handles below in the show notes of the podcast. So anyone who is interested can find everything from there directly. So,
1: But there's also, uh, you know, one, maybe unusual. I'm not sure how usual it is, is uh, the way we financed ourselves here in Iceland was by selling non-voting shares to like regular people, not investors. The owners behind Tarmar are about nearly 500, and these are just people who, you know, like to support innovation like this. They like their lifestyle and they also believe, even though they buy Sears for tiny little money, that maybe that will be more money, you know, when eventually Tarmar will probably exit <laughs> in terms of uh, being bought by another company. It's a mission, you know, to get this uh, change in the cosmetics. well placed on the market and, and also demonstrate that this is the way to go, you know, if you quit too early, then investors will come in and you change it into a regular skincare company.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is a bit what we're all all kind of working towards for, so to show that the natural cosmetics are the real luxury of today and tomorrow. So
1: so if people are interested in that is uh, to buy tiny little sears or they can buy a share of any size they like then they would be part of our platinum group. And uh, the plan is before COVID, we had one annual celebration where we have, you know, videos and pictures from there's several hundred people coming together, you know, and we had speakers. And so we will do that again as soon as COVID is uh, at the lower level, to, then you will have to visit Iceland because you uh, <laughs> at, the, at the annual meeting of your little startup in Iceland.
0: Exactly. That's amazing. Well, I want to thank you for this wonderful talk and joining the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Sato. A real pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nordic Natural Beauty Podcast. Make sure you have subscribed or you follow the podcast so you won't miss the coming episodes. If you know someone that would love to know more about the subjects that we're discussing in this podcast, please share this episode. We will keep sharing all things Nordic and natural, such as Nordic skincare tips, insights into the natural beauty industry, and unheard behind-the-scenes stories. You can follow the Nordic Natural Beauty journey also on our Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest pages, simply at Nordic Natural Beauty Awards, and on Twitter at NNB Awards. Until next week, bye-bye!